What's up, Abundant Babe? I'm so glad you found your way here. You're in the right place for the highest of vibes, the silliest of laughs, and the best of the bunch. All things related to spiritual entrepreneurship and creating holistic success. This is your host, Viola Hug, a coach for women who desire to have it all, alignment, wealth, impact, and joy. Come find me at Viola Hug on Instagram, join my free Abundant Babes group on Facebook, or grab a copy of my best-selling book, You Are an Abundant Babe, on Amazon. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Abundant Babes podcast. This is your host, Viola Hug. Today, I'm joined with the beautiful pink-haired Veronica Abrams. Hello, Veronica. Hi, Viola. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited. I know. I'm so excited that you're here as well and that we can have this conversation because I feel like you have a really cool story to share. And I would love to hear more about that. Like, I know you're doing incredible things now. Like you have this, uh, a podcast, the Hero Academy podcast, and you're doing wonderful things, but tell me like a little bit more about your story. Yeah. So, I mean, my, I've been a, an entrepreneur, business owner for the last 10 years and I kind of thought my life was perfect. I had it all together. And three years ago that, that definitely, uh, came crumbling down and I had a pretty rude awakening. I think uh, when the, in the span of six weeks, so I was, I was coming up to my 30th birthday. It's quite a milestone. And uh, in the span of six weeks leading up to that, I ended a relationship with somebody I thought I was going to marry. He came to me and said, you know, I'm not in love with you anymore. Completely devastated. My wow. mother moved away. So uh, she re- moved away and retired. So I'm from Ontario, Canada. She moved to Alberta, BC to retire and be with my brother and his family and the grandkids and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is fine, totally fine. But my mm-hmm. mom was gone. Now, because I'd been so immersed in my business, truthfully, I hadn't really invested in building my own relationships. They had all really started to develop in the last few years from that relationship that I'd been in. So these are, you know, girlfriends mm-hmm. of, of friends, wives, that kind of thing, which is totally fine too. But I didn't have my own core group and I thought I yeah. did. But when that relationship ended, it was, you know, basically like radio silence. Um, the only friend really from that, that group that knew what was going on with me um, and us, uh, her and her husband moved to Spain the day before my birthday. And then my birthday came around. 30 years old to crickets. I'm telling you like completely Aww. different than the year before. Year before, big party, boyfriend coming out, getting, you know, unwrapping a present. It's a MacBook yeah. Pro. Like Aww. it was, I, I just, I had this feeling of like belonging and that I'd really, really found where I, I you know, my place and my tribe. And then a year later, it's completely gone. Wow. So mom's gone. Friends are gone. Best friend is gone. Partner is gone. And here I am crying over, you know, making too much salad. <laughs> so, so, I mean, looking back, I'm really, I'm grateful that everything kind of disappeared at once, but it made it really apparent to me that my life was built on quicksand. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to say that I, I put my big girl pants on and I did what I have to do to put myself together. I actually ended up um, spiraling for, a, you know, close to a year after that where I was, I severely depressed, lots of anxiety, um, alcohol and drug addiction. And I was not a partier really. Like this is me in my thirties. Like I, I had a worked full time since I was 16. I had mm-hmm. uh, you know, a mortgage. I was 18. Like I never really partied, mm-hmm. but here I am at 30, like doing hard drugs during the day. 
and downing a bottle of wine and, and passing out on my couch. Because it was kind of that moment where you're like, who am I? Mm-hmm. And not only that, you know, how do you feel that you're worthy of love when nobody loves you? Like that's a, you know, people don't like to ask that question because it's like, oh no, somebody does love you. But like, really, do you really feel love? Do you really feel like you've got that safe space? There's people who don't. And I totally get that. And it's a really, really hard hitting question. You know, how do you know you're worth, worthy of love when nobody loves you? And yeah, I did spiral full time for a time and it came to a point where I had to ask myself, like, Veronica, do you want to die? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I didn't, you know, and I don't think that people who get to that place where they're having these ideas, whether it's suicidal or whatever, it's not that they want to die. They just don't want to live so sad, mm-hmm. you know, and Absolutely. a lot of them are holding on for, for other people. But I didn't want to die. So I was like, okay, Veronica, well, what, what, what do you need to do? So I, I had to take radical responsibility over my life and say, mm-hmm. you know what? I had said that certain things mattered to me. I had certain values and I lived in opposition to that. So there was this journey of self-discovery, rebuilding my confidence and my identity and rebuilding it in a way where it wasn't placed in others' people other people's hands where it wasn't through validation mm-hmm. through other because I'd seen how everything get can literally get wiped out within a moment. Your life can completely be reset. And obviously we need connection. We need community. But if you don't have a solid sense of identity and confidence in who you are, then this can happen and you will be devastated. And it's really hard to have hope when it's not even that the fact that everybody's gone, but the loneliest place is when you're a stranger to yourself in addition to everything, right. then they're really in no space. So that was my journey as it was, you know, getting to a place where I felt confident in who I was, my identity and sort of a prayer I said at the beginning of that journey, overcoming addiction and depression was if I figure this out, I'll use it, you know, my knowledge to help other people. Cause I know I'm not the only person going through this. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> And I guess that's also where like a lot of your brand for like the hero Academy stuff comes from, because it's like, you really had to become your own hero in that moment and make that decision for yourself and take that radical responsibility. Absolutely. And I mean, everybody has a hero journey Mm -hmm. and there's different stages at different times in your life. You know, sometimes you're the victor. Some, sometimes you're the one fighting, Mm -hmm. you know, for survival and, and, there was a, a period of time, especially after recovery, that I, ha- I had to fight for myself. And But everybody has a hero journey. And I, the reason for my podcast, I, I want to tell people's hero stories is because we aspire to people's highlight reel that we see on Instagram and mm-hmm. everything else. But it's their struggles that we connect with. It's their mm-hmm. hurts. It's mm-hmm. those rock bottoms. So as I was going through my journey, I was really seeking those stories because those are the ones that I connected with and encouraged me, right? I don't want to hear about how everything's okay. I want to hear about how it was like fucking shit <laughs> and you still got through it. Okay. That's what I need to hear right now. I need to hear yeah. that the storm, the storm will be over and, and it's possible to get through it. Um, mm. So that's really the driving force behind that. And even, you know, my coaching and speaking on confidence and transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still resonate as well with so many parts of that because, um, I think it's important as well to remember what we've been through as well, because it's easy even to get wrapped up in your own life and kind of like realize, um, or like, it's like, if you're in business, for example, it's easy to share 
what's going well over what wasn't going well or how you got there. And that's like a question that I often ask myself. Um, and I feel like, to be honest, it's one of the reasons that I feel so um, like that I do deserve to do the work that I do. You know, sometimes we have that like imposter syndrome vibe. And one of the ways that I know that I don't, or I bring myself back to that, knowing that I'm doing the right work is when I remember what I been through to get to where I am, you know, it's, it's really powerful. So I think it's important for everyone listening to remember as well that it's like, it doesn't really matter where you are, but it's going to be a part of your story one day. And it's a part of what, um, what really makes you, you in terms of what's capable yeah. and what you're possible, what's possible for you. A hundred percent. And I mean, that's the thing, exactly what you said right there. We think that our struggles disqualify us, right? In the moment, we're feeling so down about it. But really, it's your struggles that give you the authority. So on the other side of that, you're the teacher. So like if if your struggle is um, you're dealing with poverty and then difficulty with finances, your your message is is abundance. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with low confidence or, you know, needing validation, from others, then your story and your message is learning how to really lean into self-love. Mm-hmm. If your story is addiction, you know, your, your struggle is addiction, then your message and the authority that you have is to talk about transformation and recovery. So that thing that you think really just disqualifies you, that's, that's, your, that's your badge of honor. Mm. I love that you said that because actually just today in one of my programs, that's what I was talking about. And I feel like so many people have that fear to be transparent with their audience or to share those parts of their story because they think they'll lose credibility when literally it's the opposite. It's like, that's, that's where the credibility comes from. And especially in today's world where people aren't resonating with seeing movie stars on billboards, you know what I mean? Like that's not what people connect with now. That's not how people want to buy or how people want to, um, like make their decisions it's when they feel connected to something and like you said like like when they can see you and struggle and be like okay you know I can get through it um so speaking of this kind of like authority that you create I know for you one of the things that you love to talk about is really kick-starting transformation in your life but not just like a short-term transformation something that's actually going to stick can we dive into that a little bit like talk to me about that So I really feel that goes hand in hand with building confidence. And I really hate when I see like people are like, be confident, just be confident, you know? And it's like, well, how the fuck do I get confident? You know, it's not practical. Um, Do I have to wait until I'm confident to take action? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say no. So going to confidence first and then transformation. So the way you build self-confidence is by learning to keep promises to yourself. It's not by having the body. It's not by having the 5,000, 50,000, 5 million in your bank account. Promise keeping is the factory, then confidence is going to be the product, the byproduct of that. So if you feel like you're an imposter, if you feel like you're not qualified, if you feel like you're shaking in your boots as you take action, I'm going to tell you that's normal. So stop buying into this idea that you need to have all your shit together in order to to take action. So in other words for self-confidence is faith in yourself, trust in yourself, believing in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So that just proves right there, you have to create a track record. So with transformation, I mean, we believe or we have this idea that we need to take big steps to have big progress or transformation. And my background's in bioengenetics never graduated because I hated it, but I learned enough to understand a little bit about how, how 
we work on a physiological level and, and neurological level. So you're, you're, you're wondering why you can't do the big things. And it's because you don't have the neural pathway set for that. Mm-hmm. It actually takes a huge neural load. If you have not worked out and you think you're going to work out four times a week, one hour each time, you're not going to do it very likely unless you have a gun to the head scenario where like somebody's like, you're going to be diabetic. Some people can do it through brute force, but it, it actually takes a huge neural load. So if that's something that you're struggling with, it's not um, unusual. It's actually very normal. So going into this, this methodology of learning to keep promises to yourself, you can start creating those neural pathways and also start informing your identity and stepping into that new identity by starting to keep small promises to yourself. And I believe in no days off. When you're, when you're looking at transformation or building a you know, high-performance habit, no days off. Now, having a one-minute to five-minute practice daily no days off is way more transformational and way more sustainable and will lead to long-term progress and success more than your one hour, mm-hmm. you know, big fancy goal that you implement once a week or once every few months until you, you know, burn out because you don't have the actual mm-hmm. habit and neural pathway set. So the way to build confidence, the way to step into a new identity, the way to build long sustaining high performance habits and transformation that lead to transformation is through putting away this this big goal you've got the big goal but bringing it down to small tangible steps and i know people say this but i'm i'm telling you your brain needs this in order to mm-hmm. establish a habit and taking on a no no days off um methodology. So five minutes a day, is it a five minute meditation? Is it a five minute exercise? Like literally just do burpees or run the stairs or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get fancy because we think that we overvalue grand gestures while undervaluing consistency. Yeah. Turn, turn what you're doing on its head and start valuing consistency. Now it's not going to look fancy for the gram, but this is actually the thing that works. You know, don't start a diet on the first. Take a 30-day ramp up. Mm-hmm. Get your breakfast, you know, in, in a better state. Then do your lunch. Then your dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, little, little things. And that's how I beat addiction to Coke and hard drugs. Mm-hmm. That's how I beat addiction to alcohol. That's how I lost 20 pounds and started exercising every day. That's how I integrated meditation. That's mm-hmm. how I integrated learning every day. That's how I launched a podcast that ranked number 33 in three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It doesn't look fancy, but it works. I love this. You're like, I'm just like nodding my head the whole time over here. I know you guys can't see me, but I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because this is like legit what I say all the time. Like if we could go all in on the small stuff, like that's where the magic is. That's so what it is. It's not in the big, it's not the fact that you're like, I'm going to work out every single day and do a billion kilo squat. Like it's literally the small things, the small things repeated consistently. And And gamify it. If you can, like the no days off, I'm like, I want to see you do a five minute workout practice for seven days. You don't actually, you are not allowed to earn the right to get to the next level to double that time or triple that time until you've shown you can do seven days 
or 21 mm-hmm. days or 14, you know, whatever it is that you set, set, mm-hmm. um, a, you know, a goal with the small thing. Mm-hmm. And it might seem so petty, but I'd rather have you itching to move to the next level than failing at your massive goal. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, also, I wanted to touch on that point again for a second where you said like confidence comes from keeping promises to ourselves, because this is actually being proven by science, like they've done studies on this, um, in psychology and everything that the reason why people have low self confidence is because we lie to ourselves all of the time. We'll start on Monday, right? Like, I'm not going to eat that. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. But it's like that the fact is, is that we know everything we do. So when we say we're going to do something and we don't do it, that like lowers our confidence. And then also the the second part to that as well, just to kind of reiterate what you're saying um, from what I know about this as well as like with confidence, it's actually a side effect of doing the thing, right? People think that you have the confidence first, and then you do the thing, but it's actually a side effect of consistently showing up of, of consistently doing the thing. And I, I, would also add that it's okay to have compassion with yourself. Like for example, if you do like um, every single day this, and then one day it's not as hot or one day you don't do it, like you just start again the next day. I don't think it's an excuse to stop. Um, But like for those of you who know my journey of abundance, like that was for me such a big thing. My, My consistent no days off thing was literally recognizing abundance every single day in something. You know, it was like either I saw a number and it like was like, ooh, 1111, or it was I um, was gifted something or I just felt the gratitude or something in the moment. It's like every day I looked for an excuse to believe I was abundant, right? And then sometimes I'd be like, oh, I'm so broke. And then I'd be like, no, wait, what have I been, (laughs) what have I been learning? What have I been saying to myself? And that's what builds new neural pathways. And then that's how we really ultimately change. So yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, we're so ruled by feelings. I just want to say like your feelings are not going to, to be aligned. Cause like, if you have self-limiting beliefs, you're going to have self-limiting feelings. And I feel like feelings have gotten center stage for far too long. If you are not happy with your life, I don't know if I'd really trust your feelings about some things, not that you can't trust them for some things, but they're like one tool in your toolbox Mm -hmm. and your feelings are there to show you how you perceive yourself in the world around you, Mm -hmm. not what's true. And, you know, I'd said like I had to, to take a good close look at my life and see like, had I been living in alignment with my values, because that's a little bit different than feelings. See, you can value love, but think you're not worthy of love, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a worksheet on my website. It's completely free. I'd love, you know, if, if you'd like, you can link it. It's just veronicaabrams.com and I have a download section. But I knew about business because I, I was business-minded. I knew about business that I needed to identify core values because that keeps you on trajectory for your business. Mm-hmm. And that's what companies do. It's super trendy. I had to ask myself and here I was at 30 and I was like, what are my core values? And I was like, I can kind of answer them. Like, yeah, be loving, be nice, you know, like that kind of stuff. But I couldn't really answer them clearly. So how do you create a culture in your life, cultivate a culture in your life and make sure you can also self audit when your feelings are confusing. Mm -hmm. And I had to ask myself that. So I had, I identified five core values. 
So when it came down to, okay, should I do this or should I do that? Or does this align? Is this going to be, you know, contributing to the culture that now I want to create in my life, a firm, firm foundation? I take it back to my core values. So if you can't tell me what your core values are for your personal life, I would highly recommend that you do that because feelings are confusing as fuck. Everybody's like, trust your gut. And I'm like, you know what? Your gut might be actually leading you in the wrong direction because you've got a lot of, you know, unhealed traumas and self-limiting beliefs. And, but once you get, you know, slowly in line with what your core values are, your beliefs and your feelings change and then you can trust them more. But until then, it's important to self-audit using something else that doesn't change, mm-hmm. that's more grounded in you know solid foundation. So for me, it was five core values, and you know mine are love, integrity, gratitude, courage, and authenticity. Those were that, and then I defined them. I was very clear. I was like, what does that what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like love is to operate from a place of kindness, compassion, and respect towards others and myself. I expect other people to treat me like that. And I expect to operate that way. And if I'm not, then it's for me to apologize and to get in, in, in alignment. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, then they're not going to get through the gate of, you know, the city of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such a, like a practical tool people can use for seeing that. Because I do think like emotional intelligence is one of the things that, you know, like people are always like, oh, they didn't teach us money in school and blah, blah, blah. Emotions is another thing we never got taught to understand. And um, we're taught that when things don't feel good to back away. But the truth is, is that with a lot of change, it doesn't feel good. (laughs) It doesn't feel good. It's just we know on the other side is what we want to feel. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where where emotional intelligence is so important. And like I, anyone listening to the podcast knows we're all like about following your intuition and all all the things. But it's like, yeah, you have to have clarity on... um, what the vision is, so to speak, right? The value, the visions, what's really in alignment in the big picture versus what it feels like in the moment. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was, I mean, I can think of like a billion times in my life where that distinction of what it feels like now versus what I'm working towards um, was the thing that gave me the clarity of whether this is like fear to back away or fear of the change or fear of the uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. And I mean, once you, and that, that's what I found too, is once I was able to identify what my core values were, I was actually able to honor my feelings. Cause I don't feel that we can, I don't feel, I don't feel that we can really honor our feelings when we're giving them a, a position or, or a role in our life that they're not meant to have. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, like feelings are there to help you identify how you perceive others in the Uh, yourself and and the world around you, right? Mm -hmm. So I can step back, look at my feelings and say, Veronica, why are you so sad? Or why are you so offended by this? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm offended because it's not actually because of what happened in the moment. It's because I'm actually frustrated about something in my life. And then I've been frustrated for the last week and I took it out on this person. Mm -hmm. Wow. But, But you can't do that and honor that feeling when you're saying it is something that it isn't. Mm-hmm. So learning to be able to detach from that and see your feelings from that perspective where mm-hmm. you can really look at the root of why, why, why you're engaging that way, mm-hmm. yeah. I think is, is so useful. And it's, it's unfortunate that I, I look at my life and I was like, wow, I, I should have like, I should have done, figured this out sooner, but I, <laughs> I, I didn't and I did now. And that's why I'm sharing it because it's, it's simple, but 
mm-hmm. you know, identify five things that are close to your heart and start to cultivate a new culture based on that and honor your feelings. Look at them because then it's not as scary because they're not the source of the problem. Mm-hmm. You don't need to avoid them. Exactly. Like they are often showing us something. And I love that's like what you said of like, um, asking yourself what's triggering them because that's like where emotional intelligence comes in. And that's, I think another component to transformation and change, because that's where we can really see where kind of the core of things are. Cause when we're consistently, um, ignoring our emotion or making them mean things that they don't, it's almost like we're creating a pattern of itself that isn't actually relevant to the truth of the situation. Um, and so like, I remember, and we all still have human moments. Like, I feel like there's nobody who's perfect on this, but <laughs> I'm just saying that for myself. No, really, <laughs> no, we're not perfect. We're all, we're I, can, I can attest to that. But it's like, I remember a couple months ago and I like still crack up at this story because this is like emotional intelligence work. This kind of stuff is what I've been doing for so long. And I feel like I nail it a lot of the time, but then the other month I was like doing my weekly tracking and I'd fallen behind a couple of weeks for my money, right? My money tracking. And, um, I am also at this time in launch for my money program. And I realized that there was these payments that where I was getting like charged extra fees just because I forgot to call the bank to cancel like a thing. And so I was like getting charged like 70 something extra dollars a week for these like things I shouldn't have been paying for. And I should have picked up two weeks ago when I should have done my tracking. And then I was just like getting so mad about it and myself. And then I was like, where's the card? And it was in my husband's wallet with the like number on it. So I could call the bag. I was getting like so frustrated. And then I like, I wasn't angry at him, but I was letting my anger out around him. So it obviously wasn't making him feel very good. (laughs) And then. I like ran upstairs and I like called the bank and I was so mad and I'm like, I know I should never call the bank when I'm in a bad mood. But I was, and then straight away I was like, okay, breathe, 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 come neutralize it. And then afterwards I was like, holy shit, what just happened? Like I just spiraled so bad and I don't even know why. And then as soon as I asked myself and I checked in, I'm like, what the hell happened? Like, where did that come from? And then it's like, I'm launching my money program. This is one of the things that I teach to know your money. So you know what's going on. So these things don't happen. I'm mad at myself that I like let it slip. I'm mad at myself that I didn't call two weeks ago when I knew I should have. And it was just that I was so mad at myself. And then I was like, oh, okay. So if this is all it is and I've sorted it out now, how can I like, how can I see this from a different perspective? And then I was like, well, this is an awesome story. I, and I was like, what do I need right now? And I was like, I just need a tea and a cuddle. So I like went down and made myself a tea. I had a cuddle with my husband and then I was completely fine. It was completely neutralized, but it's like, if I didn't identify what the core of that was, I would have just been like, I would have probably been mad at my husband for being annoyed at me. And it would have been this whole thing versus I could just neutralize it instantly because I was willing to look at where the emotion was even coming from. So exactly. I love that. And look, look, we're, we're, we're not, we're human. We're human. Okay. You're not made of stone and everybody, everybody poops, you know, like, so every, you know, so that's why it's important to tell these stories too. And, we're talking about having that balance between between the two stories and that's necessary and your message should contain both your triumphs and your struggles mm-hmm. because it's important for us to understand that so that we can relate and be like, you know what, next time I'm in that situation, you know, Viola was also in that situation. Veronica was also in that situation, you know, to some extent. And hey, I don't got to be perfect, but I can be humble and say sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And the funny thing is, is that like, 
also I was frustrated because then I was making that situation mean. I was like, no one signed up the last few days. Like it's because my energy's out of integrity. I was making it mean something before, right? And then, but as soon as I neutralized it, I had two payments come through literally immediately. And I was like, no surprises. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, this has been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I would love for you to share like your favorite places for people to get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you do, follow you, get in touch with you. Like, where's the best places? Yeah, absolutely. So you can connect with me on Instagram. It's Veronica Abrams, Veronica spelled with a K, uh, Abrams, A B R A M S, uh, all together. So at Veronica Abrams. Um, and also the podcast. So here Academy podcast, uh, I have guests they are telling their hero stories. And then about every other episode, I've been starting to do Veronica's mask off moments where we talk a lot about these things, you know, yo guys, this is what I did, t- did today. It was not good. I dropped the ball <laughs> just here to tell you. Um, but yeah, so, so, uh, yeah, that would probably be the best place. So check out the podcast and on Instagram and I'd love to connect and worksheets, veronicaabrams.com. I have the core values worksheet. So I would highly recommend everybody, everybody do that. And I had that thing once I created it, I had it plastered on the fridge on my iPhone wallpaper in front mm-hmm. of the toilet. Um, mm-hmm. like it was just all over the place to really ingrain it in my mind to say, mm-hmm. Hey, this is, this is what I'm cultivating. This is what it's going to be from now on. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm like, I love doing reminders on my phone. So they like pop up on my screen and they're like, Oh, and I used to have this really good app. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was just called affirmations and it would like, it would, um, it was, it's basically just like reminders, but they just look different, <laughs> uh, but they're like little reminders that pop up on your phone with affirmations and then you repeat them five times and then like, and then it clicks away. It's quite cool. You don't remember. I think it was called affirmations app. Anyway, I'll look into it. There's anyway, so much. There's like, yeah. there's, you can find something that drives with you for sure. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. And to those of you listening, thank you so much for joining me. It's been so awesome to have you here. Um, I know you can be anywhere in the world. And the fact you're listening to this podcast is like a major high five moment. You are awesome. <laughs> so um, thanks for your time. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Bye-bye.